you have for us today. So be with us now for a little bit here. Just feed us in a new way. Give us something to think about, pray about, and to do this week. In your name we pray. Amen. This week, um, it, it's, been, it's been a struggle a little bit uh, for me. Um, you know, continuously hearing uh, about the Bahamas get wiped out. Has anyone ever been to the Bahamas? Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful country. And, and um, I mean, here's an old island that just got ripped apart. And I thought about this over the years. I remember years ago, before I started going on, on, on mission trips and, and things like that, I would see the commercials for um, these kids that were starving in Africa and Ethiopia and in different places. And oh, your heart would just, just ache for a moment for them. As I think about it today, I think that's sad that it only ached for the moment. Because these people deal with this stuff every day. People, people in the Bahamas are dealing with it every day. And, 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 and the more we see it on TV, I think we get desensitized. You know, you know we feel bad. We feel that these people are starving to death and, and we go right back to our, our meal. We feel bad for the moment. And it really hasn't been until I started going on, on, on mission trips, particularly in some of these really destitute places, that I saw it firsthand, the, the magnitude of, of what was happening. And I kept thinking, how can someone live like this? How in the world can someone live like this? And I shared this a little bit in the past, but it really started soaking in today, or this week, because uh, we're, we're in the planning stages for our mission trip coming up in, in, in March. Uh, and I'm going to be gone in November to, to, to go and plan this thing with uh, three other guys. And you know, so we're putting prayer videos together for all the churches, and we're, we're going to start showing those starting next week and, and what to pray for and, and what to look at. Um, for here, we can start praying for uh, the, the school in, in Belize. Um, with uh, Nikki Holland over there, she's 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 our kind of our our our, our person with boots on, on the ground, um, newly over in, in Belize. Uh, and if you if you're following her on Facebook, I mean they're getting acclimated to the, the, the area. They finally got their stuff off the barge and they're they're in. And I talked to her, I texted her this week, and I asked her how things were going, and she's super excited. Uh, she said I'm still in the honeymoon stage, obviously, um, which is 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 understandable. But our task um, for our church here, along with uh, Spartan uh, United Methodist Church, because each church takes a port uh, that they're responsible for, and we're going to be raising socks and underwear as of right now uh, for the kids at the, at the schools over there. And you're going to ask me right away, what size? I have no idea. Uh, they're kids. I mean, they're kids all the way from kindergarten through um, high school. Um, so I would say just about anything you get is going to fit. So. They're, they're mostly ones who have not passed, or it has been, the ones who have not passed the, the uh, exam to be able to go to high school. Right, right. And so we're, yeah. but I think a lot of those kids are smaller than mm -hmm. we think even of the ages of, of the kids we have. So, right. Right. Uh, 
out. But what Nikki said was, um, uh, and, and the reason why I say this is such a broad, they have family. Uh, they, have, they have siblings that are going out to school that also need this. So uh, again, it's, it, it's not so tunnel vision as far as, is, uh, okay, we're, we're gonna need um, size you know, 2T or whatever. Um, we're talking about a community here of, of need. Uh, because we're, we're also going to be working with the uh, United Methodist School across town. Uh, so half of us will be going to the police school, half of us will be going to the Methodist School. And, 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 and we're responsible to take care of the Methodist School too. You know, it's not just Spartanburg, it's, it's both. So we'll, as we collect it, what we do is we take it on the boat with us and we get a big room to, to do our work. So we're, we're, we're putting these backpacks together because each port has custom things you got to go through. They don't go through your, your backpacks. We figured this out over 12 years of doing this. Uh, so you put, put your items in a backpack and you walk right off the boat. Uh, if you put them in big boxes, then it has to go through customs and you have to pay customs and, 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 and all this kind of stuff. So uh, what we do is we pack these things up and, and later on we'll probably be doing some school supplies, but Nikki says school supplies aren't really needed because they can, they can get those uh, there. Uh, so anyways, right now we're gonna concentrate on underwear and socks um, and, and, and bless these kids with it. And we're talking a lot of kids. I mean, we're talking probably 400 kids all together uh, between the two schools. So, you know, we need to really look at that. And, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because it, it, it is a community. It's a community of people that, that gather together. Um, a psychologist, um, a couple mission trips ago, um, we were at the dumps in Honduras and and, 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 and I remember her coming to me after a vote, and I've shared this a little bit before, but she says, Scott, I, I, I can't wrap my head around this. I cannot wrap my head around Because these people were joyful. I mean, these people were happy. They were content. They were living in the dump. And, and for you and I, we walk away going, well, that's not normal. You know, they need a house. And they need a, a bathroom. And they need a shower. And, and, and we look at the basic needs. And to be honest with you, missionaries over the years have really wrecked some of the, the greatest uh, outreaches there are out there because they tried to modernize and westernize the, uh, the cultures that were there uh, as much as they were helping. But she came away with this, and I told her, I said, well, process it through and let me know when you, when you think about it. And I, I, I already knew what her answer was going to be. But she came in my office one day, and she said, I figured it out. And I said, what is that? She said, it's community. She said, each one of us have our own community. And, and, and so by having your, your community, you adapt to it and you figure out how to live and how to have joy and how to have happiness, even amongst the garbage dump. And, 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 and that's exactly what this environment is. It's a, it's a community of leaders. And, and I share this, I share it all the time, because um, you know, they take care of each other over there. We, we serve them food. We do kind of a spaghetti dump when we're there uh, in the dump. Uh, but um, we have a number of people from different churches that come and they all mix up the spaghetti and they dump it in the, in the roasters and, and, and we serve it to the, uh, the people that are in the, in the, in the area over there. And, but we noticed right from the get-go, all the kids are lined up first. Then you have all the women and the older women first and then the younger women in the back. And then you have the older guys. And the guys who are sitting around kind of helping and, and doing that are kind of like Jay's age. Um, you know, he, you know they're, they're helping some of the elderly get their food and, and carry their food. 
but you don't see anyone pushing in line. You don't see anyone running to try to get first. They take care of who, their community, and it's very, very well done. I want to read from Hebrews 10 this morning. Um, I want you to think about this text and how it applies to you and in and, and, and your community. It says, Let us hold unswaveringly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And, and, and what day are they talking about? The day of salvation. The day that we take our last breath. The day that we get to go home with Jesus. But it says, don't give up the habit of meeting together. You see, meeting together is so important throughout Scripture. We see that in Acts 2. I mean, they, they gathered often, they met, they broke bread, and they went grew on a daily basis. And it wasn't just a, a, a growth of, um, of numbers, which it was, but it was a growth of knowledge and of discipleship and, 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 and growing in a relationship with the Lord and understanding that. Because the more you gather, the more you get together, the more that happens. And what better place to do that than with your community, the people that you gather to worship with. This is very important to us that, that we look at, at, at why it's important, because uh, particularly nowadays, you'll get this question from a lot of, uh, particularly younger people, it's like, why do I need to go to church? I worship God at home, I worship God in the woods, I worship God here, right? and, 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 and they have a, a relationship with them, but uh, a lot of them don't understand why the importance of church. And again, it's not just about putting butts in the pews. It's about growth in their spiritual life. And you do that collectively and corporately a lot too. Now you do on your own, but it says here, spur one another on toward the love and good deeds. I mean, we need to spur each other on. We need to be encouraging. It's a whole lot better and easier to do it together than it is separate. But it goes deeper than that. I talked about this on Wednesday a little bit. I believe we play nice church. And not, not just this church, but church in general. We play really nice church a lot of times. People walk in the door, how are you doing today? Oh man, I'm doing wonderful. And you're sitting back and going, is my life the only one that stinks? Is my life the only one that's falling apart? But we don't share that, but do we? Do we? Because we say, oh, everything's great, everything's fine. Now we go home and we're in no better condition than we were when we, we left home. I believe it's so important to be authentic and transparent when something's bothering us, to open up, to share that. Now I'm not saying walk around with, oh, poor me. I call that the Eeyore effect. But I'm talking about genuine things. Are you hurting? Are you needing prayer? Are you needing help? Are you needing people to come alongside of you? In Galatians 6, I believe this talks about this pretty, pretty in depth. It says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourself, or you also might be tempted. I want to stop there for a little bit. I want you to think about that a little bit. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, how many people do we know 
where cotton sin. I think we all are to some degree. But some people are really, really struggling with certain things in their life. But we read racism. That's not my business. Let's carry on. Let's, let's look at verse 2. Carry, carry each other's burdens. And in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one of you should test their, their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Hallelujah. <laughs> right away you're thinking. Well, we got to share with him. And it is talking about that, but that's not where I'm going. I'm, I'm blessed here beyond measures. But I want, you to, I want you to think about this deeper. First of all, we don't feel qualified to go to someone and say, I'm concerned about you. We kind of keep it to ourselves a lot of times, don't we? Well, I'm not going to tell someone that they're living in sin or they need, they need, to, they need to get their act together. Because the first thing we hear a lot is, don't judge me. And that's not true. It's not a matter of judging, because I, I look at judging, and I've, I've, I've determined this over the years of really looking at Scripture and working with people and seeing things, that judging is telling somebody about someone else and not doing anything. To me, that's judging. The gossip. I think those kind of things would stop if we're in the middle of that and we go to someone and we look at it and say, how are you helping that person? Rather than continue with the gossip. Are we helping that person? I think that would stop a lot. How are you coming alongside of them? What are you doing to help with that situation? Now you're turning it back on someone and saying, okay, it's your responsibility to restore that person. Jesus Christ is all about restoring. We heard about that last week a little bit. I mean, he wants us to restore one another. He wants us to be a community that gives a rip about one another. The care if you're going down a, a hole that you shouldn't be going down. And, and when someone you do go to and they say, quit judging me, and they get real defensive, and they say, why, you know, why, why are you bringing this up? This is what that's talking about. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with them. In other words, gratitude. Thank you for seeing that I'm struggling with this. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for coming alongside of that. Thank you for not judging me and gossiping about me, but rather caring about me. But see, that's hard for us, the ones who are, are the ones who's being restored or the ones who are dealing with something in our life. You see, until the community really takes effect and you, you feel connected as a family and, and people really care versus judging, so to speak, it's hard to open up. It's hard to get restored. It's hard to, 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 to come alongside someone else who's struggling. But it's so important. That's what church is about. It's not just about numbers. It's not about just walking in these doors. It's about being connected with one another, to have a community 
we have an outer community also of people in this in, in this town. These are our community. We need to come alongside people. A lot of times we're totally surprised that things are going on in this world that we don't like. Again, scripture takes us right to it. It shows us exactly the things that are happening right now are going to happen. We can't be surprised about it. But we also can't correct anyone unless they have Jesus Christ in their life. You see, we want to take things in a biblical sense and, and say we need, to, we need to do things in a biblical way. But how can that happen if they don't know the Bible, if they don't know Jesus? They're doing things exactly right. I mean, a lot of things that are lawful, a lot of things that are, are right, not things that are beneficial. So our job is to, to really include people into, into our community, saying we care about you, we want to come alongside of you. And, and some of that is coming alongside of them and, and taking a meal to them on a, on, a, on a Wednesday or a Thursday or inviting them for a meal on a Wednesday. Again, I mean, how many people uh, in this community, in this area, could use a meal on a Wednesday night? A lot of people. I mean, that's a, that could be a huge blessing. But there's a lot of people within our with our with, with a, in our scope of influence here that doesn't feel included with our church, doesn't feel welcome, doesn't know it's okay to walk into the church. I was sitting at my desk the other day, and uh, I had left a note on, on a, one of the doors in town, and I said, uh, I said, come over to church when you have time. I have some leftovers from Wednesday night. And I'm sitting there in my office, and I don't hear real good to start with. Someone said it's that age thing. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but uh, I could have swore I heard knocking. And I kept, kept hearing it. And, I, and I, I listened to Fox News, you know, all day or worship music, something. I like noise. So I probably shut up everything and I, I heard knocking. I go to the back by the, by the kitchen there and, and someone's standing out there knocking. I said, I never had someone knock at a church before. Well, I just didn't want to walk in. And that really, really gave me some perspective. Do people feel welcome enough just to walk in the doors? I mean, you, you're, yours in my head, we're thinking, well, of course they should. Well, this guy did. <laughs> you know, I mean, middle of the afternoon, he's knocking on the door. And, and I told him that. I said, hey, the door's open, you're welcome. Even if there's no one here, I said, the door's open. Feel free to come in and, and pray and, and, and spend some time if you need to. But uh, that's part of being a, part of the community, isn't it? I mean, it, it, isn't that when you get to know someone really good? I mean, we go out to Florence's on, on Tuesday nights, and we just walk right in, don't we? There's no knocking. I probably would have knocked the first time, but Earl, he's used to it. And, and, uh, but that's part of that community. I mean, you, you, you form the community of, uh, of believers out there that, that feel free and feel comfortable enough to just to walk in. And I love that. You know, we used to have that over the years with our, with our youth. South Dakota, we might as well just took the doors off the, off, the, off the house there. I mean, people just come and go as they, hey, please, kids come over after school. Uh, you know, Christine would make meals a lot for the kids. And, and uh, I mean, they just come and hang out. And they knew they didn't need to knock. But I want people to feel that way. I want people to, to, know, to know that we, we care enough. And I want us to know that we can open up to each other. We can, we can share things. I mean, I, I, I'll share things over our life together. 
It, it, it'll go back your hair sometimes, probably, because you're thinking, why is he sharing all that? I, I love being transparent. The first class I took in at seminary, and this was a crazy book, in a crazy class. Don't get naked in front of your congregation. That's, that was the name of the book. And the whole, the whole premise about the class was not to share too much. Don't be too real with your congregation because it, they, they won't understand that you have issues too. And I thought, mm, no. I'm no different than the rest of y'all. I fall and I fail and I mess up and I do things that are stupid and, and I need prayer as much as anyone. And a lot of times you'll know exactly when I need prayer. Um, but, um, you know, to me that's family, that's community. This is where I should be able to share those things, amen? And not for you to say, oh man, who do we got here? I mean, you know, if, if that's the case, I'm in the wrong place. But I don't believe I am. But I want everyone to feel that way who walks in these doors and be a part of our community. To be able to come up and say, you know what? You know, my life's falling apart. My kids are doing this, or my wife's doing that, my husband's doing this, and I've off my job. I mean, I don't want us just to walk in here and say, everything's great. I got a perfect life. Because the next person who is struggling, they're going to look at him and say, man. I wish my life was like that. Mine's a train wreck. And I need prayer, but I'm afraid to, to share that. I don't want people to be afraid. Community is about that. It's about sharing. I mean, again, I look back at this, this, uh, these people that live in the dump. They share everything. They don't have a thing, but they share everything they have. I know the one, one guy with the first year we were out there chopped his thumb off. I mean, it was just hanging there. And, 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 and Doc, Doc Ken um, Swinsky, he's a good friend of mine who uh, leads worship at, at Wesley. And, um, and, and, and we, we take him to him, and, and he, had, he had nothing. I mean, he had absolutely nothing. He said, he said well, we need alcohol. We need, we need, we need something that's going to take care of this wound, and we can, we can clean it and, and take care of it. And, 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 and one of the guys, he struggled, he struggles with alcohol. He's, he's an alcoholic by, by nature. But he goes to his, um, their, uh, I'll have pictures next week to show you a little bit, but they, their uh, sleeping is two mattresses or box springs, like a TV. And they have another dirty mattress on the floor, maybe, if they're lucky. And that's the, but he goes in his, his little hutch or hooch, or whatever you want to call it, and he digs underneath his mattress, and he's got a bottle of booze in there. And he brings it over, he says, will this work? Yeah. He said, uh, I'll try not to use it all. We're trying to be you know, conscious of, of there. He said, no, you use whatever you need to to help my friend. And so his, his need or his, his addiction, whatever, took secondary to his friend who cut off his thumb. Anyways, uh, Ken took, took his scissors and he said, I have nothing to numb this. He said, but we need to cut that thing off the rest of the way. So he cut it off and he wraps it up and... and uh, and took care of it and says you need to keep this as clean as you can and, uh, and, and again it was just amazing watching community come around and care about this, this guy and give things that they don't really have to give but how often do we do that and me I think church community is a great time to share a lot like that and I've seen it over and over over the years and I've heard things stories from here and and I'm not saying we don't do that, okay? I'm just making sure that we are doing that. We are living like that. Because that's the kind of environment I love being a part of. You know, where when somebody in the bodies, and, 
And, and again, as we get new people, we're going to have different kinds of people walking in. I believe this church is going to look different, smell different, act different in a year from now. I mean, we're just going to have different different kinds of people that, that walk in these doors. We want that. And by, by that happening, I always say it you know, brings liability, financial liability, commitment liability, investment liability as far as ourselves investing into people. Because some of these people are going to need help with uh, their groceries, their their, their heat, their electricity. And, and again, it's not that, oh, you need that? I'm going to give that to you. It doesn't say that in here, does it? But as they develop their walk with God, that's what their need is for the moment. And then as they become part of the, the body of Christ in, in the community, it says what? Carry your own load. That means if you can work, get up and work. But we're going to teach you how to do it. We're not just going to give you things. We're going to, we're going to teach you how to fish, not just give you fish. That's what we need to be. That's what a body of Christ, that's what a community does. It's people mentoring one another. A lot of you guys, I mean, you haven't, you haven't mentored someone in a long time. I'm super excited. I start this next Thursday mentoring uh, third graders and, um, over at the school. And, 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 and again, most of these kids are ones who um, maybe not have a father figure or they need, they need a little help or whatever. And, and I'm excited. I, uh, Don Hatfield, this guy, he, he started this 20 years ago, 30 years ago? Long time ago. Uh, but, uh, uh, I mean, he's struggling. He's, 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 he's dying of cancer, to be honest with you. And he keeps pushing and he keeps doing things. And I love this guy's heart. I mean, this guy is just incredible. I mean, he, he had a hard time standing up when I was there, just to, just to you know, to go get a book. And, uh, but he, he said, you know, as long, as long as God gets me up in the morning, gives me breath, he said, I got work to do. I think that's incredible. And he's mentored hundreds and thousands of kids over the years. And uh, I, I actually met two high school kids that and he's been mentoring. And because uh, I, I kind of wanted to see what the impact was, you know, on this. And he, and he continues. Because what you do is you take a kid at third grade and you walk through school and, and, and the impact. And some of you do this too, and I know that. Uh, but again, that becomes part of your community. Again, you've got, you've got communities all over the different places. And, and, and you take what God gives you and you, you pour into them. But it's about teaching these people how to fish. It's about letting them carry their own boat. I mean, it doesn't help to just pay someone's bills all the time or to take care of them. But they have to figure out how to do this. Francis Chan, his church decided they were their church, and I'm talking a church of three, four thousand people here. They made a decision to be a debt-free church. Debt-free church. And I'm not talking just the church bills being debt-free. Everyone who sat in the church, debt-free. And they made a commitment and they paid off each other's credit cards one by one by one. And and they, they made a vow that they weren't going to be in debt anymore. Now, they didn't get 100% because some people could just continue racking debt. And, and again, it's like, no, you know, the idea here is to get you out of debt and not be have that anymore. But it, went, it, it was an incredible thing throughout the church, and there was thousands of people that are debt-free because of it. And again, they didn't, they didn't walk in as a community and say, well, I only have $100 on my credit card, and, and, and you got $20,000. They didn't look at that. They said, okay, what do we need to pay off? And they took the whole lump sum and they said, okay, well, we're going to pay this off and pay this off and pay this off. And some were outstanding, some were different things like that. But it changed a culture and a community of believers by doing that. 
Because what did they do after they paid their debt down? They helped with another person. And they thought, oh, man, this is so much easier as a community than it was, what, living on your own little island. And that's what Scripture's telling us here, you know. Go to someone who's caught in sin. Help restore them. Build them up. Come alongside of them. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, in Hebrews, again, you know, spur one, one another on. Isn't it so much easier when someone's encouraging you and lifting you up rather than saying, well, get off your butt and work. You know, you, you, you know, collecting your own debt. You know, that's not my issue. Again, third world countries are a whole lot different than, than here. Last time I was over in the dump over there, uh, their bank account is plastic bottles and, 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 and um, um, you know, uh, your recyclables. <laughs> and, and I thought, why in the world are they stockpiling this? And one guy I was with, he said, um, he said, he said, can you give me a ride to the recycling place? I said, yeah. I said, what do you need? He, he said, well, we need to cash in a certain amount of thing because so-and-so uh, needs to go to the doctor. He had bronchitis and pneumonia, something happened. And, but collectively as a community, they, all, they were all pitching in a certain amount of bottles or plastic stuff to help pay for this guy's way to get, uh, get some, some medical treatment. That's community, that's caring. And, and you saw, and, and you see also over there, you know, the spiritual end of things. You know, this guy who was an alcoholic, people pouring into him and encouraging him to stop drinking and uh, not be a part of that. But that's what God's telling us. I believe in Scripture here. He's saying, you know what? Give a rope to go to someone and say, I'm concerned for you. How can I carry your burden? Again, that burden is when someone is so down. You ever have that? I mean, it just feels like you got a mountain on your shoulders. And it's like, man, I would just wish someone would help carry the burden for a little bit. Not take care of it, because again, we require what? Carry on load. But my load is more than I can take and handle. I need someone else to pick it up and help carry it for a while. And to me, that shows Jesus Christ. That shows exactly a path to our Savior. Because we can go to Him when things are, are overwhelming too. He says, come with me to a quiet place and get some rest. Come with me. It's so hard to do when you got the world on your shoulders. So much easier when someone else is helping you carry a load, when they sit down with you and pray with you, when they encourage you, spur you on. So that's my encouragement taking this away today. Look at our neighbors in a different way this week. Look at one another in a different way. Look at our, our community as people that you can share your burdens with. If you're feeling so overloaded that you need you just need help and someone to come alongside of you, open up. Start small. But I don't want to get in the habit of not gathering together, not being together. Scripture says that. Don't get, don't get in the habit of that but encourage one another. Spur each other. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just pray that we can all be real, be authentic, and be open and transparent to one another. 
Father, this world has become just a mindset of what goes on behind my closed doors is no one's business. Father, I pray that my brothers and sisters make it their business if they see something going wrong. I pray that each person here is open for someone to come alongside of them. Not be defensive or feeling judged, but feeling like someone someone cares. Father, we know we can come directly to you. We can't hide and we can't we can't we can't hide any issues that are in our life. You know everything. But I pray, Lord, that that you will take care of those areas in our life. You will bring someone across our path. Lord, I pray for the people that I have laid out in my life for accountability. I pray for honesty and, and, and be confronted and, and be corrected if I need to be. Or I should say when I need to be. Father, thank you so much for loving us. That you sent your son. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that helps us to be convicted. Not condemned, but convicted. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Father, may what we do with our hands and feet be honoring to you this week. May we glorify you in every aspect. And as we go into our quiet worship time, our communion time with you, Lord, I pray that you, you put someone on our minds Scripture says that we shouldn't think more of ourselves than we ought to. And Father, we all know someone like that. It's never us, Lord, is it? Most of the time it is us. So Father, humble us to be your servants and people that follow you. Again, Lord, we love you and we honor you. We come to you now with that honor and with that glory in our quiet time. Through your son Jesus, we pray. Amen.